1: Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Kittle in Denver
0: territory! Kittle! is going to go! Touchdown! Close has got him and second back
2: inside.
3: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. Joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back, owner of Rise Athletics and Croc Talk TV,
2: Eric freaking Crocker. What's up, dude? Hey, man, Croc Talk TV is starting to take off, man. Starting to take off. It's, 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 It's getting there. It's getting there every day.
3: Youtube.com slash crock talk TV, right?
2: I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash
3: and Patreon.com slash Yeah. I gotta put those all in, in the uh in the beginning. Like I'll just list I'll just start keeping a list of everything you start and do. And just when I'm like reading your intro, just hit them all. Just doom 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 doom. doom.
2: Yeah, man. Constant <laughs> it, it keeps me busy, that's for sure. Got a video coming out. Uh I want to say a video about this guy but and we're going to get into the 49ers draft picks but Emery Thomas um I was watching this film and there was something I noticed that I was like you know what this could be a teach tape video so that's about to be coming out on YouTube tomorrow or cool, by, the gonna, they, by the time they by the time they listen to this it'll be it'll be on there
3: okay I'll make sure I uh, don't watch that <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. Oh no! I, I I clicked on uh Twitter real quick and it's that I still had it on the Guess Again video with no audio.
1: Guess again.
3: Uh, if you didn't see it, Crocker posted uh, one final post on Twitter to make fun of the Mac Jones stuff, and it's that clip of Patrick Mahomes' wife. I think I think they're married. Um, yelling Guess Again after they like won the Super Bowl or something, right? Well,
2: they didn't win. I think they were like. Losing and then maybe coming, trying to come back or something. And she was like, to all the people that hated on us, that doubted us and counted <laughs> us out and didn't think we were going to come back and win this game, guess again. You guys just have to see it. I, I mean, she does not better it than me, but I didn't do the yeah. long version. I only did the guess again part. So maybe I should post a long version for everybody.
3: No, no, no! Nobody needs any more of that. <laughs> I have it saved in my
2: phone, so I'm just gonna use that. It is anyway. so bad, but it was
3: perfect <laughs> for what he posted it with, you know, for. But it's just genuine nails on a chalkboard. Oh, it's horrible! It's just I can like I like shudder when thinking about it. <laughs> I told Krog earlier. I was like, it's like, it's like I know I don't like it but i have to watch it it's
2: like it's, like it's like somebody getting hit by a bus right you don't want to see it <laughs> but you, you, it's hard to turn away from it like you know what i'm saying like or right. something when you know something bad is about to happen but it's like don't watch it but you just can't stop yourself from watching it it's one yeah, of those things that's
3: exactly what it's like it's bad the secondhand embarrassment is like real like every time i see it i'm just like god damn it no <laughs> yeah. click out click out so yeah it's funny it did its job that's for sure but yeah So, um, for, uh, for some of you guys on the podcast, it's going to feel like, it's going to feel like you're hearing us, you're hearing from us for the first time since the first round, since the 49ers drafted Trey Lance, because I know that we got the audio posted of our reaction to the Trey Lance pick from day one that we recorded live. Well, we did another locker room session after the second and third rounds, but As you know, as of late, we've been struggling to, uh, we've been struggling with the locker room app. What happens is after you do the locker room, uh, they send you the audio of everything that happened in your locker room. And, uh, for pretty frequently as of late, that, that audio has been getting dropped. So, you know, you'll record something for an hour and a half and then all of a sudden, boom, we just don't have it anymore. So that's the only reason you're not hearing from us. Uh, that's the only reason you didn't hear from us after the second and third rounds, but we were on there. And, um, in, in relation to the locker room app, some good news. I, and, and I have a feeling they'll get their audio woes straightened out because we obviously love using that app, but they did release an Android beta for the locker room app, So all of you Android users listening to this pod that have been in my Twitter mentions angry that they didn't have a way to take part in locker rooms, uh, that should be solved, uh, now. I mean, it's a beta. So, you know, I still going, you know, still improving the stuff, but. You can take part in it. But anyways, the 49ers 2021 draft class, 2021 gra- draft class. Is there like any, well, I guess let's just go from player to player. I would say like, do you have like a general like thought on the whole thing? But then we just end up talking about all the players anyways. So like, you know, it, I don't, I mean, do you think, do you have like a general thought about it that
2: I, I have a general thought that. You know, ideally coming out of drafts, you want to get three guys that'll be contributors. Like, that's just kind of my train of thought. Get three guys that's going to play. I know everybody wants everybody to be superstars and stuff like that, but right. can you have three guys that are contributors in some sort of starting type capacity? And I think when you look at their first three picks, you look at Trey Lance, uh, the, the guard who I always forget his name, but the guard from Northern Aaron Banks. Aaron Banks. And Trey Sermon. I feel like all those guys will be contributors. And I think that's right. like, if they're contributors, like I think they will be everybody else. I mean, whatever, special teams, you know, whatever it may be. But those three guys, if they're contributors, it's a win. It is a win.
3: Right. Well, and, and with me, when my kind of reaction, I was on 95 7 the game earlier today, kind of talking through it. And after I just started kind of looking at the draft class as a whole, outside of the first pick, obviously, is everything. And the one thing I made sure I mentioned before I kind of talked about the draft class was a draft class like this wouldn't be possible if the 49ers hadn't have done so well in free agency. You know, like the draft class to me really seemed like it was filled with a lot of like luxury picks, you know, like picks that, obviously you want them to work out and you want them to all be great And, and I'm kind of when I'm talking about this I'm kind of excluding the Trey Lance pick everybody knows that that's like QB of the future pick everything after that they all kind of seem like luxury picks that are afforded to a team that still has a great roster and obviously we've talked many times about the fact that you shouldn't necessarily be drafting for need but the 49ers kind of didn't do that you know like Oh, uh, you can tell by just looking at a lot of these picks that they were the best player on their board and that's why they took them. You know, there's a couple of them where you can make a case that it was like for need. Um, you know, Trey Lance, that, that one's obvious. Aaron Bates, ah,
2: so, so in so, uh, Trey Lance wasn't really need. I mean, cause right, no, I mean, there right. is a, they got a winning, winning quarterback you. on the roster. So I wouldn't say need, right. but it was a necessity. If, <laughs> <laughs> Which is
3: another word for I know, but, but
2: <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Um, like, it was needed, yeah. but not a need. I don't know how to differentiate the
3: two, but you could they saying. have done without him? Yes. Yes. Okay, they that, yeah. The idea is that once he steps on the field and starts getting his legs underneath him, that we would have wondered how we survived without him. Because the like,
2: idea is know,
3: hopefully the, it works out.
2: The idea is we need to get Garoppolo the hell up out of here. <laughs> no. Now we don't. Now, Actually, I don't want to be. Um, I, I I I like Garoppolo. I don't want to sound like I'm just kicking him to the curb. I think Garoppolo's side.
3: I think that you've done a good job make, maintaining that. Yeah, I think you have. I don't think you don't like Garoppolo, and and everything for the most part. I hear you say. Everybody else hears you say. So it, it's just dude, they just you just pick Trey Lance third overall? Like it. it it's time. Here we go. But yeah. all right. So the draft class as a whole, I'll list, I'll go through it real quick. Uh, and then we'll break it down. We'll talk about each pick and then we'll get the hell out of here. Um, third overall, Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State University, probably in my time as f- in my, in my, I'm not going to say in my time as a 49ers fan because that goes all the way back to being a kid, but in my time, like, as of recently following the 49ers to the point of, of going down the media route, it's the most anticipated and talked about draft pick ever for the 40. I mean, I guess you could say it is ever right. Like it's just one of the, the most anticipated 49ers draft picks of all time. You could, anybody who spends any time on Twitter could see that everybody was, I mean, if you ever, I mean, it kind of, when they first made that trade, I was like, okay, cool. The 49ers traded up to third overall. Everybody's going to know, everybody knows what they're doing. There's going to be no debate on what they should do and who they should take. And boy was I wrong yeah, because yeah. man, that ended up just being one of the most talked about things in 49ers Twitter ever. Like, ever, like, like Colin MTV. Kaepernick
2: level. Like, yeah.
3: Right. Like just.
2: It, it, it is like, I, I'd say it was. Now, obviously, for different reasons, they were polarizing. You know, when you bring up Colin Kaepernick and you bring up this, but right. in, in yeah, the exactly. sense of how they were covered, I would say it's now there was much more. What side are you on with the whole Colin Kaepernick thing? And he, of I course. think, he rightfully has, so too. Yeah, and for his reasons and everything. But this was. I mean, every time I turned on TV. They were talking about who the 49ers should take. Every time I was on Twitter, it was either a 49ers, a person that covers the 49ers to some capacity, myself, even you. I saw you get, like, up in arms. Like, I mean, I saw you kind of lose your cool a little bit. Chris Biederman. Right. I mean, and it was like you could see, like, even the guys that are trying to hold it together, it was like, God damn it, it. I be Matt Jones. Um And...
3: I Even think, the most boring and and level headed people were starting to lose
2: their cool. Yeah. Um I I think and I should say, and I've said it plenty of times on the podcast, is none of this is Mac Jones' fault. He got caught in the crossfire with this whole thing. Um he was an innocent bystander. Uh you <laughs> know, he was someone that just should not have been mentioned in that in that range, in the top five or even top ten range. You know, I think the league told us what how they felt about him. I think uh, Bill Belichick told us how he felt about him. Even with Bill Belichick, drafting him at 15, if he was someone who Bill Belichick is like, I got to have this guy, that's my quarterback, I, you know, he would have traded up to get him. And he did not trade up to get him. So that lets you know, right. like, well, we're comfortable. If he falls to us, great, we'll take him from there. We like it, you know, value, good value pick. But if he doesn't follow us, oh well, right? And that lets you know kind of how the league felt about him. And that, I, I feel like that's what the bigger issue was. It was never really so much about Mac Jones and if he's good or he sucks or whatever people wanted to say. It was really about where they're talking about him being drafted at, which for what his, what he is from a talent perspective, he's not a guy that should be drafted where they were trying to say. That was the issue. I think if you, if it would have been like, 49ers take him at 12, or somebody else even taking him past that, nobody would have ever had anything bad to say about Mac Jones. There wouldn't have been all the pictures about his body everywhere and all those type of things, at least not to the same capacity. Um I mean, 49er fans were posting videos of him like in the club, like and then tagging the 49ers like is this the type of player you want? <laughs> like, you know? uh-huh. And I'm all like, he was doing was drinking in the club, like <laughs> all he was
3: drunk in the club, like I'm every
2: like, single one of us have been. <laughs> I, I, I've definitely done like a little damage, you know. Control about like you know people getting on him about the DUI. Now I will say I do feel like if it was Trey Lance or Justin Fields, I think DUI stuff definitely would have been a much no. bigger topic, but. Like, dude, really? it was like 17, 18 years old. Like, dude, I did heck of stupid stuff when I was young. I've done stupid <laughs> stuff now. Like, You know what I'm saying? Now, uh-huh. I know I'm not leading the franchise, but I just kind of want to put it out there because it was somebody – and, again, we were all relieved to hear Trey Lance's name called, and I think that's why. That was – there's so much of the emotional outpour when the pick happened for me and others. But, um, I, you know – he should have just never, you know, and Mac Jones should have never been talked about in that. And I feel like so many people are just pushing it, pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Even people covering the 49ers were pushing this guy. And I'm like, this makes no sense to me. That's why it was so crazy to me. Like, this uh-huh. makes no sense. I'm, I've been watching football long enough to know he's not supposed to go ahead of some of these other guys. He's just not. And the, th- the fact that they were saying that, it was just, I couldn't believe it. And it was crazy. And it was even uh-huh. crazier to hear. Kyle Shanahan come out and say the media had it all wrong the whole time. I'd actually love to right. that.
3: We enjoyed it, we enjoyed it, but that wasn't that wasn't us, you know. Like he was just basically saying that after they traded up, a few people ran with the idea that it was for Mac Jones, and it just snowballed from there, and that was it. And everybody, and I think the only reason everybody went with it so frequently was because it fit everything had Kyle Shanahan had done up until that point, you know, like every quarterback he had had was like that. So they're like, Oh, the Mac Jones things make sense. But even if you go back and listen to us, like three or four months ago, we were always like when the 49ers were at pick 12, you and I were warming up to the idea of Mac Jones. Like, Hey, Mac Jones does quarterback things really, really good. You know, but we, but the conversation was, the 49ers are at pick twelve. How often are they gonna get this opportunity? Trade up and get one of the truly elite guys. And we and just didn't did think that because or, or because I, they listened to strike and gold.
2: Right. They listen to strike and gold and we just were always right. I didn't I didn't think <laughs> that they would <laughs> I didn't think that they would be desperate enough to make the trade that they did. That took some big cojones. To, you can to, say to, balls, bro. Oh, okay. That takes some big balls to do that. <laughs> it doesn't. Have,
3: it doesn't sound as as eloquent though, but yeah, no, it does, dude. Like, and that, and that, to me, is probably one of the biggest things you have to re- realize with the Trey Lance pick. That, and I think John Middlecoff might have mentioned this because I was watching him live while I was working on my math stuff. This might be one of the riskiest draft picks of all time when you consider. The amount of experience Trey Lance has in a lesser, in a lesser competition, the amount they traded up to get him, the amount of starts he has. Like if you combine everything together, how much they gave up to get there, how much experience he has, it, it could be one of the biggest gambles of all time. It's just that the 49ers, the intangibles are Trey Lance's personality and his, his drive and his intelligence and, coupled with his his athleticism the 49ers probably just feel strongly that he's going to he's going to work out.
2: Right. And and that's what I again be- before the 49ers drafted Trey Lance um you know I put a tweet out there and if you guys I'm pretty sure you could search it if you put up something like if you type in Eric Crocker life savings where I had said like if I had to put my life savings on one quarterback in this class being successful it would be Trey Lance and that's tough Like because we don't have a lot of information on him but the things that we do know about him, I feel like those are the people that succeed because of the way that he's wired and there aren't a lot of people like that. And he's obviously, he's going to a great situation but that was even prior to him going to the 49ers. That was just in general knowing how he is and his mindset and his work ethic and just the way he's wired all together. It's like, you don't, you don't bet against guys like that. And I think Daniel Jeremiah mentioned something to the, you know, that extent. Basically saying Yeah, like, I think
3: he said he went to breakfast with him yeah. like, like a couple days before the draft. And he said he came away just like blown away. Like this yep. dude is not just smart, but like like next level smart.
2: Yeah. Different. He's different. Right. And he, he compared it to Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes in the sense of them coming out not being Quote unquote, you know, finished products and being able to, you know, reach their potential, you know, because of how they're wired. Now, obviously, those guys play, play a lot more football in college than Trey Lance did and at a higher level, you know, one being in the Big 12, the other one being in what, the, the WAC. But, you know, just, uh, it's the way that people are wired, man. And those are the things you kind of, kind of bet on. He bet on himself. So I'm going to bet on him too.
3: Right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, man. So what are you, one more thing on Trey Lance before we move on to the other picks. Like, what are you looking forward to seeing him? Like, when you picture Trey Lance in the 49ers offense, let's say, let's say a well established Trey Lance. Let's say Trey Lance, we'll, we'll say that Jimmy Garoppolo starts the season. Trey Lance plays the second half, shows some flat. What are you expecting from like a Trey Lance year two? Like when he's, when he's in it, you know what I mean? Like, cause there's a chance he may not. He may play the whole season. Mm-hmm. We just don't know how much he's going to play this year. So right. let's just say like a Trey Lance that's, that, that knows Kyle Shanahan's offense. Like, what are you expecting that to look like?
2: What are you looking forward to? Oh, I mean, I'm looking forward to just how I many, how much different things really stretching the field. Like that, that's the one thing where it's like, okay, he can do all these underneath things and he can hit those throws, but I think the explosiveness that the offense can have. Cause if you remember RG three, you know, in his rookie year, the Redskins, Washington football team, excuse me, the Washington football team offense was explosive, whether it was with Alfred Morris, or if it was RG3 making throws downfield to Aldrick Robinson, <laughs> you know, like, it was an explosive I offense. I have heard that name in a while. I know, right? Um, It was an explosive offense, and I would like to see, like, shades of that. Now, the one good thing about Trey Lance, at least at North Dakota State, did a really good job of... Protecting the ball, for the most part. Now, there were some interceptable passes that were dropped. But overall, he did a tremendous job of taking care of the football. So just the explosive plays that we're not getting from Jimmy Garoppolo, at least from having a quarterback that can create the big plays. Because everything with Garoppolo, it was schemed up big plays or your running back in the big play or, oh, my running back runs his five-yard route and catches it and just outruns everybody for a 75-yard touchdown. like. Garoppolo wasn't creating the plays. He was doing a good job of being a good, you know, ball distributor, you know, from that standpoint. But it's going to be really nice seeing somebody that creates the big plays, whether it's him getting out on the move and just kind of looking like a tough offense to stop. That's what I want to see, like a tough right. like offense in the sense of, man, we thought we had the quarterback. He bought time. He rolled out to the right and threw the ball a 15 yard strike to Brandon Ayuk. Like those are the things I'm looking forward to seeing
3: right yeah i agree man it's just the and it's so nice man like i feel it like in my heart like because i was just bracing for the mac jones you know what i mean (laughs) the the reality that we're still just going to be watching kind of like a drop back passing game for however many years that he succeeded and just the reality that it's going to be something far different than what we've been watching you know like it ain't no, it ain't no CJ Beathard. It ain't no Nick Mullins. It ain't no Jimmy Garoppolo. This is a six four, two 230 pound quarterback that mm-hmm. runs like a four five and can chuck the ball 60 yards at any point. Yeah. You know, like, it, it, and the, just the things that that's going to result in are just going to be fun, man. And, and I, and I, it's not even tied to the fact like, of Trey Lance working out. I do think that, you know, he's got everything in front of him to keep him uh from failing. You know, I think he's going to do well, but it's just like you're saying, man, like the amount of things we're going to see, is just gonna be, it's just going to be the amount of like the amount of 49ers fans I had in that tweet where I, where I mentioned just the mobility and the, the creating plays, like you mentioned, the amount of 49ers fans I had replying to that tweet that were like, Rosa Wilson has been doing this shit to us for 10 years. It's our turn. Damn yeah. It. Like, you know, like, and you're, and you feel that a little bit. You're like, dude, just the, and, and, and as we've seen with Russell Wilson, can it backfire? Absolutely. But the amount of times that it works out, that it creates plays, that it breaks the back of a defense, it's just like, damn, man, like we're going to get to see some cool shit. And who better to draw it up for a guy like that than Kyle Shanahan?
2: Right. What you do you, know? how do you think they're going to use them? There are some, you know, you hear Chris Sims come out and say the 49ers are all in on a, Lamar Jackson style offense. You hear Peter Schrager come out and say the 49ers can use him in some capacity, like Taysom Hill. I have my, um, you know, way of thinking about this whole situation with, um, how I feel like they can kind of deploy him, uh, to kind of ease him in to the situation. What, are, what are your thoughts on that?
3: I mean, I, I like the idea of it, but I, as long as Trey Lance is just not on the field to run, like right. I, I feel like that would be detrimental to his development and kind of like he doesn't seem like a guy that, you know, he seems fairly, fairly strong willed, but like, you know, I'll, if uh, if they're going to bring him in there, you know, take advantage of the fact that he can beat you in every which way. Yeah. You know, does that mean he shouldn't ever run? No. You, but but the first thing that if you're deploying Jimmy Garoppolo and then Trey Lance comes in, the first thing the defense is going to think is run. And that's fine because it makes somebody hold themselves accountable for what Trey Lance does. And that's what Kyle talks about when he says playing on 11 on 11. And I'm all for it. You know, bring him in there. But it's just tough, man. Like, you never get to get into a rhythm. You're taking Jimmy Garoppolo out of the – if he is in a rhythm, you're taking him out of the rhythm. You're, you're putting Trey Lance in there. He doesn't get to warm up at – it's not that I'm against it. I would be for it because then you get to kind of see, you know, ease him in. But at the same time, it's like, if you're putting Trey Lance on the field, just put Trey Lance on the field. Like.
2: Yeah. So my, my thought process on, on, on that whole thing is, you know, obviously it's going to depend on how ready he is. But I think if there is a scenario where you want to ease him in, because you do have a winning quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, like he does win. And right. with this roster, Garoppolo can look really good, right? Um, now, you have a guy that you pick number three overall. So you have to figure out different ways to play him. And if it were me, the way I would do it is I would give him packages. Now, again, that package doesn't have to look like a Lamar Jackson offense or a Taysom Hill offense. It can just look like whatever I create for my, my third overall pick that he's comfortable with. So whether it's some boot actions or whatever it is, I might just bring him in for just one possession, uh, a, a game to start off. Then I kind of build on that, throw different things at him, gets him used to seeing things because really, I mean, he hasn't played like meaningful football in a long time. So it's like, I just want to like ease him into this, ease him into the fact that, Hey, you know, you haven't been hit in a really long time. Uh, the get the speed of the NFL is faster, just getting him used to all those things. While being a low pressure, like, look, this game isn't on you. It's on Garoppolo, but we're just going to ease you into these situations and build on that each week. And then maybe by week eight, if you feel like he gives you something that Garoppolo can't, and now you're able to kind of throw more at him because he's just kind of used to, he's getting used to, you know, and more acclimated to the NFL game at that standpoint. If you feel like you can get more with him, then you go with him as a starter. But I, I, you know, I don't want it to be a situation where it's like, well, either because I got a lot of these responses, you either play them or you don't. It's like, why? Why do I have to just play them or not? Why can't I just ease him into this situation and build on it and let him go at his own pace? And you'll know too if he's ready or not. But low pressure situation, get him in there for a series, right? Maybe you even know every third series of you know, each game, I'm gonna have him in there. He's gonna take over that series. Just get them different ways again, but I, I think that's a good thing. What you said, I'm not wanting to, uh, you know, mess up the rhythm of Garoppolo. Uh, you know, you see that with Taysom Hill and the Saints, right? Like Drew Brees, he'll be cooking. The next thing you know, it's just Taysom Hill runs on and Drew Brees just runs off and they always show him on the sidelines with his, you know, just looking yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I get both sides of it, but me, like, let me, let me give him packages, things that he feels comfortable doing, build on that. And if we can build on that enough to where I feel comfortable with him going in and I'm going to be able to win with him without losing something because I don't have Garoppolo on the field, I think at that point you make the switch and you, and you make him the starter. And hopefully at that point, Jimmy Garoppolo has played well to some extent. So he has some trade value.
3: Now, do you think there's any, th- that any problems could arise with, let's say, you know, like Jimmy goes out there, has leads two touchdown drives then it's it's trey's turn and the drive stalls and then jimmy goes out there and leads another touchdown drive or maybe it's the inverse maybe jimmy garoppolo the 49ers offense doesn't score a couple times trey lance comes on they score then jimmy garoppolo comes back on and doesn't score you know like do you see that kind of because obviously that could build some tension you know with the fans it could build some tension on the sidelines like Hey why do, why do we keep putting Jimmy Garoppolo out there when we haven't scored with him yet? You know, and Trey Lance came in one drive and he scored. You know, or the inverse, like why are we putting Trey Lance on there when Jimmy Garoppolo's getting us points? Do you see that being a problem?
2: Well, I think the the part of putting Trey Lance out there when Jimmy's given, you know, scoring points, I think that's the easier one to explain. We drafted his third we drafted his dude third overall. He needs in-game reps. Like obviously right. we don't want to mess up the rhythm of Jimmy Garoppolo, and maybe he won't. Like maybe they won't do that. But Hey, he needs in-game reps. Like, I need my third overall guy to get acclimated to this NFL game and get live reps, right? But if it's the other way around and Jimmy's not playing well and he comes in and he leads the scoring drive, I I, I don't think it would take too long. Like, you know, that might go on for, like, a game or two. But shortly after that, if Jimmy still looks kind of clunky with the offense, his ass going – get benched <laughs> jimmy,
3: but nobody jimmy was, is like i better throw the ball downfield right here because this motherfucker is coming in here and doing it all, all the time so yeah. I, you know i gotta match pace with him
2: nobody's gonna want to put 27 million dollars on the bench but i think at this point they understand like everybody even jimmy understands what the situation is they are going to play the rookie you don't know when but they're gonna play him. and when i mean play him, i mean start him. so jimmy is already a dead man walking so, <laughs> he's just, he's just dead buying man it
3: walking here. Yeah, but yeah, no. I mean, it's a, it's a cool conversation to have, and I don't necessarily think you know on the surface level there's necessarily a wrong way to go about it. You know, if if Trey Lance just straight up whips Jimmy's ass in the off season and becomes the starter, so be it. If Jimmy wins that battle and is the starter, so be it. And you know, you can you can sit Trey until. Jimmy plays bad or he just gets to spend the season developing. Now, you know, you're talking about at that point, this guy's gone two plus years without playing football, you know? So is that a bad thing? Probably could be considered that way. But, you know, I really think that there's, you know, or, or like we just talked about, they mix him in along the way. I don't think there's a bad way to do it. Kind of like a Colin Kaepernick, Alex Smith thing, where he was just in there every now and then, and you really didn't know what he was going to do, you know? And that's, and that's cool. That's whatever. If if they can make it work, Trey Lance said that one of the first people to text him, if not the first person to text him from the Forty ers locker room, was Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, saying the first. Know, presumably, yeah, presumably, saying, "Hey, man, looking forward to meeting you and, and going to work, man. Let's do it." You know, so if that Look, is looking the case, forward
2: to you taking my spot, let's do it,
3: man. Right. <laughs> all, all he wrote was. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> and it, it didn't even include the name. So Trey had to be like, who is this? And he, and he was like, it's, it's Jimmy G, bitch. <laughs> you know, like, but it, I hope that, you know, I, I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo probably realizes that there's not necessarily anything to be gained from him kind of being pouty about it. Yeah. You know, like it is what it is. The other people in the locker room are going to see how you handle this. And, and, and it, I think that, and you know, obviously the 49ers, if, if a trade comes up or, you know, it's just going to benefit him to kind of handle this like a pro. I would think easy for me to say because I'm not the one that's got to compete, but I just don't see anything coming out of kind of just being like, Hey man, you stay in your locker. I'll stay in mine and we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah. You know, like, I, I've seen it live with Geno Smith and Mark Sanchez. So. I saw that whole situation, you know, Gino, I mean, he was taking the second round, but even then it was like, Hey, this is a quarterback com- competition. And then it was like, damn, I'm looking at it like, they they both kind of suck. And then, <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking on
3: both of these asses.
2: Yeah. You know, but no, nah, I'm joking. I mean, I'm joking. They
3: were cool. But down were they cool with each other?
2: Yeah. I, I didn't notice anything, but I mean, I, you know, when you're on defense, you're Didn't somebody just, punch Gino in the face? That was the next year. Okay. Yeah, Gino did some. It wasn't like, you. Nah, it wasn't me. No, I know. I, I think um, we know who it
3: was. I just don't remember his name.
2: It was like some linebacker, but he Gino did some weird stuff. Like I guess the dude paid for Gino to come to his camp. If I remember correctly, I don't want to miss, you know, state what happened. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like the dude uh, paid for Gino Gino to come to his camp, and Gino just didn't show up. So the dude's like, well, give my money back for that flight. And I guess Gino kind of just was like, man, whatever, and kind of blew him off. He blew off the wrong guy. Dude, punched him in his his stuff and broke his jaw. And I think that's when, like, Fitzpatrick took over and was like, they were, like, winning. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
3: Man, that's intense. That's intense. Yeah, man. Obviously you and I both really looking forward to, uh, to Trey area, Trey in the Bay, whatever you want to call it. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be a good time. You know, one thing I thought about earlier, I was like sitting on the couch watching, uh, I was watching the CDL, the Call of Duty League, and I'm like, man, Trey Lance is 6'4", 225, and that bitch is 20 years old.
2: 20 years old. He, th-
3: there's a chance, I mean, most, if he's that big, there's a good chance he's probably done growing and he grew a little earlier, but, there's a chance that he ends up being 6'5", 240. You know, yeah. like, like that's a huge dude. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I, obviously, you know, if, if he reached 6'3", you know, two years ago, then he's probably not growing much anymore. But dude, I grew the most when I got to college. Like, like I was like 20, 21. Like when I was in college, I was, uh, in freshman year, I was 5'9", 140 pounds. Wow. And then. My sophomore year of college, not only did I start lifting weights, but I grew like three inches. So like by the time uh I was done with my sophomore year of college, I was six foot a hundred and like eighty pounds. Oh wow. And it was to a point where there were friends that I hadn't seen in a little while, and I and I walked and went over to their house to play some video games and I walked in the door and they were literally like, What the fuck? like like, it was like like they had no idea that you know i just so my point being like there's still a a small chance that trey lance ain't done growing and he's just going to be that much more of a grown-ass man did you see that clip of him getting out of that plane yeah got off the pj
2: plane (laughs) got off the pj hey how 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 dope was it well other people might not care about this but one he made me want to go buy a suit I'm like wow, this dude's fly as hell. He looks good, soul.
3: bro. Then he, he had the shades good.
2: on, and I'm like, oh, he's a cool cat. I like so like to yeah, be man. like as smart as he is, and and be that person. All the intelligence that they talk about, he is, but still like not be like a weirdo. <laughs> right, <laughs> like be like cool, like you know, be like a cool guy too. It's hard to kind of be both. And I mean, right. you know, to I be wonder, like uh... both as far as like being cool and the smart guy. Um, but right. it looks like he's doing a good job of that. He had the shades on and stuff. I'm like, Oh, he's cool. he's cool. I need to know,
3: uh, I mean, this is not pertinent information, but I need to know what the ladies think of him because you had Colin Kaepernick, who a lot of ladies thought was very good looking. And obviously he was in great shape. Then you had Jimmy Garoppolo, who a lot of the ladies think is very good looking. And I need to know, is, is Trey Lance a continuation of that or I, he's, I younger, what it is. he's younger? He's yeah, younger. So I think is. it's going to be
2: harder to like, for the women to be like, Oh, that's a sexy man because he's like, you know he's so young. Twenty. He's twenty years old. Yeah, he's, so, he's, he's kind of like th- He can't even drink yet. <laughs> yeah, they're looking at him like, oh, he's a baby. You know.
3: Right.
2: So he he has right. a few more years before the women gotta, really start kind of looking at him that way.
3: You got to get the intel from from Stevie. Just just tell her to give her give you the honest input.
2: Hey babe, what do you think about Lance? Do you think he's attractive? She says she hasn't looked at him so.
3: Oh well, go, pull up a picture right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need this hey, this is important. We need this information.
2: <laughs> she said, is he black? <laughs> uh
3: is I don't even is he is he
2: 50/50? Yeah, his, his dad I don't is black know his, his mom His dad's black, his okay. mom's
3: white. So, and he, and what's funny, he looks like a true like half and half too, you know what yeah. I mean? Like he She's leaving. She's not going to give us our answer.
2: She she'll see it eventually but and then okay. we'll just
3: get a take. So hey, anybody listening, you'll have to wait. All right. Wait, no, she poked back in. Oh. <laughs> she, you can't so me and Crocker are recording this on an app that allows us, on Zencaster allows us to see each other and Crocker's looking up the picture of Trey Lance and in, and uh Stevie walked out of the room and then I said something about her leaving and then I just saw her head poke back in. into <laughs> the, the door. Um all right, so let's keep going, Crockton. Let's keep going. Uh, Aaron Banks, what did, I mean, what's your take on that pick? What does it mean? You know, what, just thoughts. I was
2: shocked. I was shocked to see the 49ers take an offensive alignment. And okay. be, because I, I've been like the main, I guess, like advocate against taking office alignment. And not so much that I'm against it, it's just like, ah, uh, I don't think they'll do it. Why? I thought they had to the set offensive line when you look at, you know, your left tackle, so the right with Trent Williams, uh, left guard. All right. Doing great there with Lakin Thomason. Center just signed a guy to a couple years, uh, contract, uh, Alex Mack. Right guard is definitely the biggest question mark and definitely the area where most people feel like, oh, we need to improve. But I just thought like, okay, you got your right tackle. You just, um, you know, you're picking up his fifth year option. So right guard was the only position where I'm like, eh, maybe, but now I'm just looking at it like, well, Brunswick School's not bad. And if we believe in development, you know, you just drafted, uh, McKivitz last year you you know you drafted school the year before that and i'm just like man like you, you get sean coleman back he's kind of like that swing guy so i'm just like i felt like that's a solid eight guys and like that should be good enough to where it's like well do you draft an officer lineman i just didn't think so so i never saw that coming the fact that they did do that um i was just like how the hell do you do that over <laughs> terrence marshall That's right there. You know me, I'm like, if Terrace Marshall's there, you got to take him. You got to take Terrace Marshall. Um, I know a lot of people are like, receiver? But I look at it like, dude, you got Debo Samuel, Ayuk, and then whoever the hell else. Like, it's just a bunch of, I don't want to say just a bunch of names, but you got Sanu. Like, all right, we'll see if he makes it. Um, You got Richie James. Hurd's been hurt. Juwan Jennings hurt. Like, you know, and it's just like, what type of impact are they going to make? But when you have an opportunity to get a guy like Terrace Marshall. 6'3", 205 pounds, runs a 4'3", lines up outside, inside. I'm like, how do you not take him? Uh, he's the red zone threat. 49ers been missing. Had it with – like he's like Kendrick Bourne if Kendrick Bourne was bigger and hella more talented. <laughs> so, really, he's not yeah, like Kendrick Bourne. But he brings you a lot of the same thing. And, again, I like Kendrick Bourne. Justice for KB. You guys already know. But this, you know, Kendrick Bourne was an undrafted guy. This is a guy who possesses an enormous amount of talent. Um, so I was just like, how do? you – So when they when they drafted right guard or left guard, I'm pretty sure they're gonna play him at right guard. That was my first initial reaction. But I I I like the pick in the sense of what it means. Right, right building the trenches, do those things. This supposed to be a big nasty guy. You got to trade Lance. You know, I'm pretty sure there's gonna be some power offense element to this. Um, you know, open up the run game, all that, whatever he fits at. Okay, I, I get the, I get it in theory what they did, but I definitely was shocked because I wasn't expecting them to take an offensive alignment. They took two, I there.
3: Yeah, they did. Uh, to me, it was just. I mean, I, I really don't know necessarily what he adds to the run game. You know, Daniel German. That the 49ers no, normally kind of employ. But at the same time, maybe it had more to do with his pass protection, which is supposed to be pretty good. And, you know, I, I'm not necessarily against a pick by any means. I, it's whatever. I feel, I, I remember saying that not too long ago, saying, look, if like, if all else fails, just draft good offensive linemen. And the same thing goes for defensive linemen too. Like, it, it just has a quick payoff. You know, having a good offensive line, Pays off, pays, pays big dividends. Same thing with defensive line. Everybody hated all those defensive linemen pick over and over for the 49ers and look how that worked out. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like I feel the same way about offensive line. Now could you, is there overkill? Sure. But if Aaron Banks comes in, wins the job at right guard. And, the, and, you know, is keeping the quarterback clean, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or a brand-new Trey Lance, who shouldn't have to worry about pressure, among other things, you know. Uh, and I know that interior pressure was a big part of the 49ers' problems last year. You know, it, it might have lost them the Super Bowl with Chris Jones going to work in there. So, you know, if the 49ers were tired of that interior pressure... Um, whether it's, you know, obviously interior pressure, it's bad for Jimmy Garoppolo, who can't go anywhere. And it's bad for Trey Lance, who's just trying to get a screen under him. So, I mean, I was, I was neither here nor there on the pick. Uh, it was fine with me, but we'll see. I'm assuming he, the 49ers know he's going to win that job, but I'm
2: not you know, mad what? at the thoughts of upgrading at the right guard position. Not at all. It just was something that caught me off guard. And I know Terry Marshall was there, but I'm not, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Protect yeah, your yeah. quarterback. I mean, yeah, keep, I mean. keep, keep your quarterback upright. And one underrated part, even about the run game from the 49ers, we talked about on the pod, our running backs sprung off some big runs. But a lot of the times, remember, the run blocking wasn't great, if you kind of remember, like, right. watching them for games. So if they can improve on that um, on to an off, you know, with a, a run game that's been, you know, really good statistically – uh that would be a great pick.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, let's keep it going. Um, Trey Sermon, man. Trey Sermon. There's an interesting pick for you that we did not expect. So a little bit of backstory, context behind the Trey Sermon pick. The 49ers had two fourth-round picks. One of them they picked up when they traded back five spots in the second round from 43 to 48 with the Raiders. And their seventh round pick was turned into a fourth round pick, which is so great trade. You know, like yeah. I thought that was, that was money. Um, and they, and so they had two fourth round picks. They took both of those fourth round picks, traded them to the Rams for pick number 88. So they didn't trade up. Well, I mean, they did, but it wasn't a normal trade up. Normally you take a third round pick, you couple it with a fifth round pick and your third round pick becomes higher. This time they just took two fourth round picks and said, here, you take these. We'll take that third round pick. That's what they did. And they took Trey Sermon running back out of Ohio State. What'd you think, man?
2: Shocked again. Did not see <laughs> him taking a running back. <laughs> I was just, nope. you know, I was just talking about him like, I was going to take a running back. Like I I missed, I whiffed big time on this draft. Usually they are my thinking and, and their thinking pretty much aligns for the most part. Um, even if I have the player wrong, I, I'm usually right with, like, the position. But I was way off this time. Definitely did not see them taking the running back, especially didn't see them taking the running back in the third round and trading up to get them. And the way I was looking at it was, which was wrong, but, oh, well, they have, you know, they they have most You have Jeff Wilson. Like, you have a really nice one-two punch. I, I really like the thoughts of that. And and then, you know, behind them, you just signed uh Wayne Gallman, and you have hasty as like the fourth guy. If you decide to keep four backs and it was just like, nah, we're drafting Trey Sermon. I didn't see it coming, but I like the pick. Now it was intriguing in the sense of, you know, he's not the, what we're used to kind of seeing from them, right? Um, with these big, you know, fast, explosive, jet rocket, you know, uh, speed running backs. Um, everybody running in the four threes, he's not that guy. He's like a four, high four, five, four, six type guy. Um, but he runs extremely well. Um, he, he's initial like 10 yard burst is really good. One thing I noticed, you know, I watched a lot of him watching a lot of, you know, Justin Fields, his balance is really good. And I remember watching him during the year and I'm like, man, it's weird watching him because it's like, well, he's not like hella fast. But he just always gets his job done. His balance is really good. And I was like, man, he reminds me of Kareem Hunt. And and that's what I see from him. So Do you think he can catch the
3: ball as well as Kareem Hunt?
2: So now I don't I mean, I don't know. And I don't know if it's something that maybe, you know, Ohio State didn't ask him to do, but I thought when I did see them throw the ball to him, I thought he caught the ball well. So I, I don't think it's something where he's like, Well, he can't catch. I think it might be something where, well, he just hasn't asked to do it a whole lot. So right. That that's the part that's a little unknown in the sense of Kareem Hunt. But just, you know, just their, their running style and how they play, how they move, not being a speedster. Then I looked it up. They're down there the same size. I think Sermon is a half inch taller, but they weigh, like, identical. So it's like these are guys that are, like, really built and run exactly the same. Um, but it was intriguing. I, I was surprised to see it never saw it coming. And now I'm looking at it like, okay, well, what what did I miss? And what I missed is all their running backs outside of like hasty is on, they're on the last year of their contract.
3: Yeah. That's what, if if you didn't mention it, I was. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, to me, that's, that's, that's almost the main point, you know, is, is Raheem Mostert one year left on his deal. Uh Wayne Gallman was signed to a one-year deal. Fred, Jeff Wilson Jr. was signed to a, one year deal. And so, you know, the bulk of the 49ers backfield, uh, is going to be gone next year. And if you look at the 49ers draft class this year, not to jump ahead a little bit, but the 49ers also drafted Elijah Mitchell, uh, in the sixth round, who is a little bit more kind of a running back that we would expect, uh, from Kyle Shanahan. And what's interesting when I was watching Elijah Mitchell, I was like, man, this kinda, guy, a guy kind of runs a little bit like Raheem Mostert, like a little <laughs> upright. Hella quick, deceivingly quick because he's got a big build and Raheem's got a big build and they're both hella fast. And I'm like, man, like, and if you look at Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell, you're like, okay, there's the 49ers running backs for the next four years. <laughs> yep. You know, could it, could they get, you know, supplanted by somebody else or could Elijah Mitchell not make the roster? Sure. Of course. He's a six rounder on a, on a talent stack team, but. It was easy to see why they did it once you kind of. I kind of just started digesting, and um, one of the things that we talked about on the on the locker room session was, and because uh, a lot of you know, a lot of the initial reactions to to two running backs, especially the one in the third round, was, well, they had so many other needs. Why would they take a running back there? And I kind of had to explain to him. And even John Lynch mentioned it in an interview he did with Kiana. Was like, look, we have a draft board, and that's not all we go off of. But when wit came, when it came time to pick. Or when it came, when we were looking at that draft board, Trey Sermon was just chilling way up there, you know, and, and all of these players had come off the board behind him. And you know, the ultimate goal for a team is to draft the best player you can get. And you don't want to deliberately turn down good football players, especially ones that are rated much higher because you know that you need a corner. You know what I mean? Cause then you're deliberately turning down good football talent just to fulfill your short-term needs. And that's not really how good teams are built. So, you know, if you're wondering why the 49ers would take a running back at in the third round, you just picture a draft board where, you know, picture most of you guys have done fantasy drafts. Imagine if you didn't necessarily need a wide receiver for your team. But as the board was playing out, you're like, holy shit, this receiver should have been drafted, uh, two rounds ago, but he's still chilling there. I know I don't necessarily need a receiver, receiver, but he's going to get me some points. So I'll just take him. And that's kind of how it is. It's like, we don't necessarily need this running back, but we have him very highly graded. He's still up there. I'm not going to take this lesser football player in my eyes just because I need him when I could have that guy. So yeah. it's, yeah. you know, it's just getting good football players. So, And to your, you know, more on Trey Sermon, like that, uh, one of the more unique running backs I've watched in a while. Like that dude, that dude has some crazy ass balance, and he just bounces off people. And he's a big guy himself. I think he's six six foot two fifteen. Yeah, but like, dude, like nobody could tackle that guy. Like, very rarely was he just hit, and that was the end of the play. You know, like in the scouting
2: community. That I've kind of been accepted into. They call that. Well, con-
3: if you if you weren't accepted into it, you have taken your sledgehammer and broken it into it. <laughs> Either yeah, way, that. bro. Yeah,
2: and that. Um, they call that contact balance. I'm still learning the scouting terms, but
3: I like that. They call it,
2: contact balance. And,
3: and he has that like ten out of ten. Yeah, yeah. Like maxed out. He does. And 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 if you and I, you brought up the 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 burst. I think his 10 yard splits were the same as like Raheem some some Oh wow, was it?
2: So the thing that I don't know. I, I just really go off a lot of what I see. So like what right. what, what I was seeing with him is I I've noticed while watching him those first 10 yards he gets up in there, he puts his foot in the ground, and he gets north really quick. So that was one thing I just I just right. I liked I liked that. And he does a really right. good job of making guys miss in the phone booth as I like to say. Um, in short areas where he's not just this stiff runner, like right. If you looked at uh, was John James Connor, is that his name? The running back from that was with yeah, Pittsburgh from Pittsburgh. Yeah, he was more of like this stiff runner. It's like one cut, but stiff. This guy is. He has some nice. Even Raheem Moster, he's like one cut. He's he's a little stiff. this this, this guy has some nice wiggle to him for somebody that runs with that kind of power, but definitely is not the burner like like Raheem Mostert. So I think he has to be a little bit more creative um with how he runs. But I like it. I, I liked him when he was running this year. It took him a while to kind of get going. He started off slow. I watched all those games. Um He started off slow. But once he started going, you watch that Northwestern game. I don't know if you've watched that game. Watch him against Northwestern. And they were – a legit defense, one of the top defenses in college football. He ran for over 300 yards and it was crazy. I mean, he put the team yeah. in. And and Justin Fields, jump on my back. I got all y'all. And he just went crazy. Watch <laughs> that. I'm pretty sure 49 watched watch that like, God damn, we gotta get this guy.
3: Right. I mean, throughout his co- entire college career, he averaged 6.5 yards a carry. Scored 26 times. You know, uh, just... Might have had other running backs in the backfield that we just kind of share in time with because he doesn't necessarily – I mean, this year – I mean, this last season he averaged seven and a half yards a carry. Like, that's a little absurd. So, um, I mean, I'm excited to see what he does. It's interesting. I've never really seen a running back like him. That just bounces off people and just makes people miss. He's got great vision, good balance. He's he makes great cuts. He's got good jump cuts. So you know, I'm looking forward to, to watching
2: him. Here's another guy real quick, um, and then we can kinda of get off of him. But um another guy to kinda of, I don't want to say compare him to like as if they're identical, but there could be some similarities if I really went back and watched this guy when he was a rookie. But Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris was what, a seventh yeah. round or undrafted? uh running back who, like, led the NFL like, rushing or was up there. He had, like, 1,600 rushing yards as a rookie, and he was not a burner. But it's somebody that has a similar running style and probably just understands, you know, when they start to run those, you know, outside zone reads and all that where Trey Lance can keep it or he can give to Sermon, and Sermon can kind of take off and, and, and do the rest. You guys remember that one play where that kind of – I don't want to say has gone viral, but people have showed a lot of it throughout this process of Justin Fields running downfield after, you know, and then blocking the guy at the very end. Well, that was Trey Sermon that actually ran the ball and scored the touchdown.
3: (laughs) All right, so these next two are yours. With the third pick, at the very end of the third round, they drafted Amory Thomas, quarterback out of Michigan. And then in the fifth round, they drafted – we're just calling him Demo Lenore, quarterback out of Oregon, right? Yeah. Okay, so tell me about those two. Tell Just tell me, you know, what do you think their roles are going to be? What are they good at? All that good stuff.
2: All right. So, Emory Thomas, he's definitely a primary uh, press cornerback. Like, he's at the line of scrimmage, 98% of his reps. <laughs> um, I think for the most part, what I saw was good in the sense of, like, where they got him. Right, like I, I don't think he was like this, like shut down corner, but he was good. Um, you know, you watch him against uh Clay Clay Chasepool from Notre Dame, two thousand nineteen. This guy. I want to say he opted out two thousand twenty. So
3: Chase Claypool,
2: Chase Claypool. You know, six five two hundred. You said
3: you said Clay Chasepool. <laughs> um, same thing. It's a, Clay yeah, Chasepool. It it
2: sounds, it's... Chase Claypool It's all the same. <laughs> it is. You man. say tomato, what I, mean, I say tomorrow. What did I said. Yeah. Yeah. So right. um Clay Clay Claypool, Chase <laughs> Pool Pole. Um he, 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 uh, <laughs> now you threw me all off. But they had a good oh, battle. My bad. And I thought when you watched the reps, it was a good battle. Claypool did end up getting like two catches on him kind of downfield. Uh and I saw another game where he did give up a vertical catch. But for the most part, I thought he was he was good. Now he struggled with Devontae Smith, but I look at it like, well, everybody struggled with Devontae Smith. Who the um, hell doesn't? Right. And then not even in the sense of just getting beat for yards, but just me watching like the separation that was created too easily. Uh, but more times than when, you know, I watched him, I thought he was really good at the line of scrimmage, uh, good, patient technique, uh, you know, physical with his hands throughout routes. Maybe he could be a little grabby, but I didn't see them throw any flags on him. Um, his vertical speed was good. Even the times where I saw him give up the vertical catch that he was in position to make a play on the ball. So, you know, you look at where they got him, the tail end of the third round, and you look at, you know, his measurables, he has good, you know, decent size from a height, weight standpoint, his speed. I think he ran in the four threes. He's somebody that definitely I could see why they liked him and why they took him there because I don't think when you're taking that late in the third round, if he doesn't end up panning out, I don't think anybody would be like, oh, man, you just whiffed on this guy. Well, maybe there will be people that. But I just look <laughs> at it like – you know, can you get some value out of him? If not, then okay, you're probably just going to have to draft somebody really high next year. And, uh, this year, I think they got a decent value of somebody who has, who is fluid. I think he has good feet, could be a little bursty out of his breaks, but for the most part, I liked everything I saw. Now, what I don't know is at all because I haven't seen it. Can he play any type of zone? I don't know because I mean, they, he was pressed all the time. Does he have but, good eyes? I wouldn't even know because he was just pressed so much. So I couldn't even see his okay, eyes. You're
3: right. Time. So he's just eyes on the receiver the whole time. The yeah, whole time. Right.
2: Um, and that was also yeah. and he did well. He did well from that. Um, and there I, there were a couple reps. I remember one time watching him play play, and I was like, dang, pressure key, visual key, bang. That was really good. So there was one play where he like squeezed a route with his hands, they threw a a ball into the flats, he came off of that and like had a really good tackle on the running back. So those are things you want to see. Now, as far as uh D Demo and i'm i'm not even going to try to say his Diamadore? Dia d'amore Diamoto.
3: Dia, Dia yeah Diamadore.
2: i asked him before yeah. how do you, how demo. you say his name and he just said you can just say demo i'm like all right demo, <laughs> Uh demo lenore um, even
3: john lynch was like demo i don't know how to say his name yet <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah so he he was um i watched him in 2019 and i was like it's, it's not that good. It's a little up and down. You know, he's wearing number six. Well, first, actually, let me go back. Because at first he wore number 15. So in number 15, he was locking up Nikhil Uh-oh. Harry. Now, I posted those clips of him covering Nikhil Harry. And now the narrative out there because of Nikhil Harry. Or oh, anybody can cover Nikhil Harry. Everybody. And I'm like, you guys were not saying this when Nikhil Harry was coming out of college. I he was.
3: He, Nikhil Harry was drafted in the first round because everybody could cover him.
2: Right. Now, I was saying I don't like him, <laughs> but everybody else loved him. Um, but, uh, he, he, I mean, he was locking up Hill Harry. I thought he did a tremendous job on him from off coverage and press. Boom. So that's a plus. And that was early in his career. Then he switched to number six. Thought he struggled a little bit in the six. All right. Um, it, was, it, it, was, it was up and down. It was up and down a little bit, uh, especially against teams like USC and some of these other games I watched. And I watched a good amount of games. And then going to 2020, and I watched him against Stanford against Simeon Falco, who I think is a really legit receiver that the Dallas Cowboys got. And, I mean, it was everything that you want to see from a cornerback. So I don't know exactly who he is just yet. I know he possesses the ability to be good. Um, I think he is a guy that could potentially be good for you. Really, both of those guys, I think they have potential. There are guys at the 49ers have drafted before, and I'm just like, oh, I don't like that guy. Uh, Tim Harris. Ah, I didn't care before Tim Harris's film. Um, when they got the AC kid, Demarcus AC from uh Missouri, I was like, ah, yeah. and everybody was like, oh, got AC, and I'm like, I don't like his film. But <laughs> with these two guys, I'm definitely intrigued. And again, you guys know I don't just talk just to talk when it comes to the defensive backs. Those uh, those other guys in the past didn't care for him, didn't really care for Tim Harris. Do I am very intrigued with Thomas. And Lenore, again, how good they're going to be? I don't know about that.
3: Do you think Thomas can compete for a starting role?
2: Um, I don't know. I mean, it's you know who I am upset that they didn't get like like and I I like Demo, you know I like both of these guys, but Elijah Griffin, I liked his film more than both of these guys. And Elijah Griffin. When went did undrafted. he get drafted? He went undrafted. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? He got picked up by Buffalo. I think he's going to be a solid undrafted rookie for agent. Your boy went real early. Yeah, but he's a he's a big dog. I expect.
3: I know, I know, but I mean, you were you were talking about him for for quite a while, even before you know they started to pick up. But all right, so the one prospect. Well, okay, no disrespect. We got Javon Moore. Um, he's a an offensive tackle. Out of Western Michigan, that they see as a guard, uh, kind of like a swing guard could play tackle. Uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't know anything significant about him. Uh, I don't know if he'll compete for a starting role, but at the very least, you know, a player drafted in the fifth round, if he can become a quality backup or compete for a starting role, then, you know, you've done your business. Um, now the last one, and maybe I was asked this earlier on the radio who my favorite pick would be, or maybe the one I was most intrigued by. Uh Talanoa Hufanga out of USC, a safety, who, you know, 6'1", 2'15". Only played six games last year. I think he struggled with a little collarbone injury. Um, I think he broke it in the past, but I, can't, I don't know if that was that season. Played six games, only played in six games, but got 62 tackles five and a half tackles for loss, three sacks and four picks and a pass breakup. Like playmaker, And from what I started watching, like, dude, he was, he was a baller. And I think he might've fallen a little bit due to some injury concerns. I think he has a pair of, of collarbone injuries, like one broken one, like not quite that bad, you know, like contact injuries, you yeah. know, like stuff that, that kind of makes you pause a little bit, but I mean this is a guy that I could see finding a role depending on how he plays relatively early. You know like whether it's giving Tart a run for his money. Now Tart's hella good. I'm not just going to say that a, a rookie's going to come in and beat him out. But whether it's giving Tart a run for his money or maybe getting some like some hybrid linebacker safety action as like a Sam linebacker or you know something that you know just all oh, they get creative with it and we have no idea how creative um D'Amico Ryan's is going to be. Right. Yeah, you know, he was a linebacker. So we'll see what he does. But what do you think about him? Did you you get a chance to watch him? What do you think about him?
2: I I've watched a little bit. Um, especially when I was um doing film study on like Elijah Griffin. Um he popped a few times when he was making plays. Um I know there was one play he had like a nice interception um when I was yeah. watching the film. I think the, the knock on him is he's just not like a freak athlete. And I looks- didn't
3: see any of his testing stuff.
2: Yeah, I don't think his testing was was all that great. You could look that up and see what his measurables were too his height, weight, and then his like speed. I think those are the things that are like the biggest knock on him. But ultimately, I mean he's a playmaker. That's for sure. And my guy my my guy Chris, aka Roscoe's, he was really high on him. I mean, he's been telling me about he was like, Don't watch his 2019, 2019 wasn't that good. 2020, watch him like he's great. And the the issue with him is gonna be is he gonna be somebody that can play in space in the field? If not, how exactly do you utilize him? Because I know you talked about Jaquiski Tart, but Tart, you can you can do whatever with Tart. Like he has the right. ability to cover at any level of the field. He could play man. Obviously, like he's not somebody you just wanna leave on islands all the time. But Tart is a good coverage guy. And he has like this really Tart is a big dude. I think people miss that part. Like, Tart is like 6'2, 225 pounds or something like that for a safety. He's right, big. yeah.
3: He's he's real big. Um
2: and he's a big athlete. That's why he went second round. Like he ran extremely well uh for somebody his size. So um he's not like tart, but I will like to see like what his size is to see if he can be more of a hybrid uh wheel slash um uh, slash strong safety. And he made a comment about how he wants to go to the Pro Bowl as a rookie off of special teams. So I think that's yep. going to be the way he makes his niche in the league, um, starting off especially until he figures out, you know, all the other stuff. But it's good to have guys like that on special teams too because, again, playmakers make plays no matter where they are, whether they're special teams or right. other. So I, I could see him, you know, doing some good things if he has that type of mindset. I
3: mean, shit! look at what, how Raheem conducted himself on special teams. Right. Like that dude was always a, all up in it. Should have been
2: a, play, uh, a pro bowler.
3: Yeah, he was, he was elite. So, okay, so on, uh, Chad Reuters, no, Lance Zerline's NFL profile for, uh, for Hufanga for the weaknesses, he did break his right collarbone twice and he dislocated the shoulder on the same side. So, you know, whatever, however he tackles, that's you know that's that's the reason that's happening you know he's probably right handed probably leads with his right shoulder a lot of the times and it's it's obviously taken a pounding um he suffered a concussion in two thousand nineteen, whatever like that that not necessarily you know if it was repeated concussions, then obviously that's something but um so you know it's durability will be a concern due to his aggressive style um but yeah he i mean it doesn't really have his testing numbers he's he's six one two hundred pounds. 32-inch arms, 10-inch hands, all that good stuff, but they don't really have his testing numbers on here. Mm. Um so I just the way he played was intriguing and and will, you know, will he be able to get over the injury hump? We'll see. Uh you could just tell he's just one of those guys that, you know, John Lynch would call a football player. Like he's yeah. football through and through, loves it, physical, uh good size. And we'll just see how it pans out. I I just would not be surprised if he worked his way into the mix. You know, if if he flashes some stuff throughout the season, Twisty Tart's on a one-year deal, and they kind of look at him as the guy that can step in for Tart next year as like a, a genuine box-strong safety, and they let Jimmy Ward play a little further back. Even though Jimmy Ward's really good near the line of scrimmage too, so it doesn't really matter. They could be all over the place, but – so, I mean, that's pretty much it. That's the draft class. Uh, we, we mentioned Elijah Mitchell already. He was drafted in the sixth round. Real fast guy. I think he's a 4-3 guy. Um, still has good size, too. He's not frail at all. And and I think that if he manages to make the roster this year, which won't be easy, uh, the 49ers might be able to get him on the practice squad. Um, but him and Trey Sermon together kind of make an interesting combination of speed. And Elijah Mitchell has has caught – He he was very, very productive. In 2019, he had 198 carries for 1,147 yards and 16 touchdowns. Um, and then what's what's funny is on that year he only caught ten passes for 70 yards, but the year before that he ran for just under a thousand yards but caught 20 passes for 350 yards. So he can do it, you know he can he can definitely catch passes, and I think Trey Sermon can too. He just like you said wasn't asked to do it as much. Yeah. So um. Overall, a pretty interesting draft class. I'm not going to say it's good or bad. Obviously, you know, that takes time. And the big takeaway is, of course, Trey Lance. Like, that is – I'm not going to say it's all that matters because there's, there's you know, six other players on here, seven other players on here that all matter and could have a huge impact on this roster. But the biggest linchpin for this entire class is Trey Lance. You know, does Trey Lance work out? Does he pan out to be what they think he could be, and and that's that's you know that's the big thing. So I don't know, man. Pretty cool, cool cool draft class. Would be cool to see him get in there and mix it up.
2: I know, maybe what is it? A couple weeks they're going to have their rookie mini camp, yeah, something it, like yeah, that, some, sometime in May. Um, one one thing that is going to be interesting to kind of see how it plays out. The receiver from uh Alabama Birmingham. Wa- the undrafted Wa- guy. Yeah, Wa- Watkins. I keep saying Watson, but Wa- Watkins. Um, I know a lot of people like him. I've seen little clips of him on, you know, floating around social media and I see, you know, I saw his measurements. And-
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs, more visibility at indeed.com slash blue wire. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need indeed.
2: Things like that. Um, And if they can, They've done very well with undrafted rookie free agents. So if he's somebody that, you know, another guy who can do well, um that's going to be a, a a nice little plus for them, especially after losing a guy like Kendrick Bourne. So, we we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I me... don't you don't expect a whole lot, but I I know that I saw a lot of people that were really high on him um throughout the draft process and and talking about how he killed it at the senior bowl. And um, I think there are a lot of people that are kind of shocked, a little bit more shocked to see him go undrafted. So, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see.
3: Striking Gold is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Is what the 49ers going to do with the third overall pick stressing you out? Or maybe it's something a little more personal. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash gold. That's better help. H E L P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using better help that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 States. Special offer for striking gold listeners. Get ten percent off your first month at betterhelp.com slash gold. That's betterhelp.com slash G O L D. Yeah, I I wanted to. My buddy Jared Brown, who actually does some scouting stuff for Matt Miller, um, he jumped into our Niners wire. Because we have a group chat that has all the former Niners Wire writers. It's me, Chris Biederman, Kyle Madsen, and Jared Brown. And Jared jumped in there today and said, hey, I want to jump in and say, don't sleep on Austin Waskins. He could be the back-end wide receiver to make the roster, big slot guy. He said, I'm not sure why he wasn't drafted, to be honest. he was, And hopefully Jared doesn't mind me reading these. It's just good analysis. He was high on Matt's rankings. I enjoyed him. Consensus seemed like he was a top 200 prospect. Physical, rock-solid hands, contested catches, good enough speed, runs good routes, wins vertically. First person to crack the code on him not being drafted wins a beer. (laughs) I honestly think my evaluation ended with me making a note to Matt to ask his contacts what's up with this guy. Like, could he just be a dunce or something because he's too good to have not been drafted? So, you know, he's basically saying, is there some personality things? Is there some background things? Is there some medical things? Um, because, you know, he, he, he had a pretty high opinion of him and it's a, and this is kind of a good topic to end on. Well, one we'll probably discuss more, but it's a good time for him to, to be an undrafted free agent for the 49ers. Cause you've got Debo Samuel, you've got Brandon Ayuk, and then nobody else after that is guaranteed a roster spot. You know, I think Richie James, obviously he's shown that he can, he can have an impact, uh, but he's not guaranteed a spot. We have no idea what Jalen Hurd's going to do. He's not guaranteed a spot. And, you know, Travis right. Benjamin, he sat last year out in a veteran guy. We have no idea what he's going to do or if he's guaranteed a spot. You got Muhammad Sanu. He was, they signed him last year and then cut him like two weeks later. So he's not guaranteed a spot. So if, um, Mr. Watkins was ever going to try and make the, the roster as an undrafted free agent, it's a good year to do it. The,
2: yeah. You know, this, I think he has good is, size too. Yeah. He's like 6'2", 208. Now this is the, the perfect scenario for an undrafted guy to have some sort of an opportunity. And usually, you know, when you are undrafted, the odds are definitely not in your favor, you know, to make the roster. But um we've seen guys, you know, make the roster as being undrafted guys with the 49ers and have some level of success or do well. So, you know, we'll see if he can if he can kind of crack that. Now, what's gonna make it difficult is if guys like Jalen Hurt, Juwan Jennings, if they end up just Right coming back and Forgot being good. But I'll say Jennings, even with Jennings, he was like a seventh round pick. So between being an undrafted guy and a seventh round pick, like you guys right. are on the same playing field. So if he can kind of come in and be more than Jennings, right? And add that physicality and that contested catch type ability, then I can see a situation where he beats him out. It is gonna be he he definitely is gonna have an opportunity to make this roster, um, more so than probably most rosters around the league. And we keep forgetting the Sheffield guy. I always forget that we have him as well. The Sheffield, um, we got him. Oh, the guy they signed from
3: the Cardinals.
2: Yeah, got Sheffield, and we'll see because he has special teams value. Um, You have, uh, yeah, I did forget about that. Good call. um, White, Uh, you know, you got White. Kevin White. Yeah, you got Kevin White, and and I don't know. I mean, again, these are we're just talking about guys who Trent
3: Sheffield, Kevin White. They're
2: on the roster. And, and that's not to say that they're going to make it, but. Don't
3: forget about River Craycraft.
2: River Craycraft. But if you are an undrafted yeah. guy and you want a legit opportunity to make a roster, this is probably one of Watson, Watkins' best opportunities. So. We'll Sammy see.
3: Watkins' cousin.
2: Yeah. Let's we'll see if he has any ounces. That must,
3: that must mean he's good. Yeah. But. Um, interesting and interestingly enough, Lance Zerline's, you know, his little NFL.com draft profile, mm-hmm. he has him his draft projection as a four to fifth, fourth or fifth round pick. you yes. know? So that's kind of what, what Jared was talking about, like compares him to Gabriel Davis. Um, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe there's something else going on there. Maybe he just slipped through the cracks, but you know, he, he was productive. He, he, I was watching some of his stuff too. He was good. Uh we'll see. He's in a good spot to make the roster. Almost six two, two oh seven, uh thirty one inch arms, nine and a half inch hands. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, Short arms, uh sure arms small did, hands. Right. Right. Nothing uh that stands out. Um now they also one of their other undrafted they got um Coach Peterson's son. Uh or his because yeah, he's a tie in out of Louisiana. Yeah, okay. Yep. And then they, the, they gave a pretty big size contract to the Ohio state linebacker, Justin Hillard, who I saw Matt Miller comment on saying that he was kind of coming on late in the season. And that could be another person to watch out for. Yeah. So, you know, I try not to get too pumped up about undrafted, undrafted agents guys, because, yeah. but at the same time, you know, it's not that they never work out. So you know, there's going to be a lot just, of guys rooting for some of these guys. And I mean, we, we, you know, every year is like. What was the uh, corner that everybody was super psyched on last year? Did it go to a 49ers? Or maybe it was the year before that. Tarveria yeah. McFadden. Uh, yeah, there you go.
2: And I was like, <laughs> remember, I was like, McFadden's not better than this guy, Emmanuel Mosley, whoever he is. Right. I was right about that.
3: Come around. <laughs> yes, you were. Pat yourself on the back. All right, man. Well, shit. Hour and 15 minutes later, the 49ers' entire. 2021 draft class again for the most part it all comes down to trey motherfucking lance so we'll see yep we'll see that's that's what i'm like i said i'm not i'm not trying to make it seem like none of the other guys matter but i mean we know that that is the that is the deal that is the one that's why you guys um, listen
2: to the podcast today i, I hope people I continue to listen like now that we know who it is you know I know.
3: <laughs> You're like, I know who the quarterback is. I don't listen to these idiots anymore. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I think they will. I feel like we got some pretty loyal listeners out there that are always hitting us up on Twitter and, you know, jumping up in the locker room. So and, and so we will keep the locker room thing going. I think the way me and Croc are gonna handle it, and we've talked about it before, is we'll do two podcasts a week and then maybe try and integrate, you know, a locker room mailbag, you know, type of stuff. Just yeah. Because I know until they get their audio issues figured out, you know, and not to mention the fact that it's almost like every time we do a locker room, it's like two hours. <laughs> so right. it's, it's like, it's, it's a commitment, but it's fun, man. I love it. I love hanging out with everybody and seeing what they got to say. And besides we got to check in on Fred because that motherfucker was very anti Trey Lance <laughs> over Justin Fields and he may not even be alive anymore, according to Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. So we got to check on him. We gotta yeah. check on him. Fred was in our locker room sessions. And Vans and uh he, Yeah, Fred and Vans were just so distraught about the idea that anybody could like Trey Lance over Justin Field. <laughs> so hopefully they're still all right, man, because we care about them. We care yeah. about them. Um but all right, man. Croc, you got any uh you got any closing thoughts, my friend? No nah, man, Croc Talk T V.
2: Subscribe. <laughs> we should have Patreon. We should have did this TV. on YouTube. This is a good conversation. We should've did it on YouTube, but maybe next time.
3: Hey, man, whenever whenever you want to do it, whenever you want to do it, you know right. I'm always down. But all right, hope you guys enjoyed that. I'm excited for the draft class. Uh, I'm excited to see Trey Lance. Uh, and, hey, be excited for a new brand of 49ers football, at least on offense, because yeah. that shit, once he gets in there, is going to look nothing like we've seen in a long time. And I'm excited about that. So be excited. Be positive. But um don't forget to uh follow me and Croc on Twitter, Rob underscore Louder, Eric underscore Crocker um hit us up let us know you're listening and you know all that good stuff uh subscribe to the pod rate the pod uh review it do all the things you're supposed to do um as a as a loyal listener we appreciate it uh but hey hold on hold on croc crocs is trying to say something you can go to croc talk tv slash uh, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're good we're good <laughs> patreon.com slash yeah. crock talk yeah. youtube.com slash crock tv I'm just kidding I'm just being facetious <laughs> but alright y'all know what it is this is striking gold Max Eric I'm Rob another episode we are signing out
1: peace If you haven't heard of the EE system yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you.